And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Be sure to go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get the athletic for $3.99 a month. Also, go to shopgoodokc.com. Get yourself a Too Good to Tank shirt. Get yourself a cotton candy down to dunk hoodie. Those are cool. I cannot wait to wear that. Uh, I'm not getting out of my house today or maybe in the next few days because of the snow. But when I can, I'm going to go make my order at ShopGood here in Oklahoma City. So with me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. The Thunder lose to the Blazers last night in dramatic fashion. They stormed back after being down big. Uh, and then Dame had his own little storm at the end where it was honestly breathtaking to watch him play like he did. Dort played him perfectly, got right in his face, had his hand right up there. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. There's just some there's some players, and we've seen lots of these guys in Oklahoma City, that it just doesn't really matter what you do or how you defend them. They're just going to get buckets. Yeah, it was cool. And after the game, I was watching like the Blazers post game, and mm-hmm. they were interviewing Dame and asking him about what happened at the end. And he was like, "Yeah, we were in that timeout." And I was like telling the team, "Okay, we got to make one last push." But honestly, in my head, I was thinking like, "I have to do this. It's time. <laughs> it's time for me to take over right now." And like, I don't know. He he more than any other superstars just very open about talking about what he does in clutch yeah. time like i mean he named yeah. it he named it dame time like and he's totally cool with referring to it as that you know right. like, i feel like some other players would kind of push it to the side but it's really part of his brand and he keeps doing it and so you know it's it's kind of like how people used to talk about chauncey billups yeah. uh mr big shot yeah mr big shot and it wasn't always necessarily true. He definitely did hit some big shots. But for Dame, it's like, man, Dame, how many instances of Dame time are there at this point? Like, we're, we're maybe in triple digits at this point yeah. of Dame time. Right. He's, he's, he's really a special player. And yes. the I, I think what I enjoy most about him is just the inevitability of Dame. Yeah. Where, like, it was amazing that the Thunder came back in that game. Because oh, Huge props to the Thunder. I mean, they were yeah. down by more than 20 at multiple yeah, points. 24, yeah. And you just didn't, like, it was, even though we saw what happened against, like, the Lakers and Denver, like, they were in those games the whole time. And so yeah. we haven't seen them necessarily come back from 24 points down yet. No, no. And so it was super no. impressive. And But then to get to that ending point and know, like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> this, this actually is Dame time. Yeah. And then it happened. Yeah. Yeah, huge shout out to Dort, man. He's he's continuing to evolve right in front of our eyes. I mean, he led the team in scoring last night, 23 points, three assists, six boards, a steal, only one turnover, all while 
defending the best player on the other side in an all NBA guard at that. And he still finds the energy to go score 23. I mean, it's, it's almost inexplicable how good he's gotten. And it's just another just feather in the thunder's cap of development um, that they have gotten this guy to where he is today. Uh, it's, it's astonishing. I'm just, it's, it's honestly very exciting. Yeah. And I was actually, before I looked at the box score, I was prepared to come on and say, Hey, this is one of those rare games where both Dort and Baisley had a good game. And then I went and looked at the box score and realized that <laughs> Baisley shot four of 16 in that game. Yeah. But there yeah. were some good moments. Like yeah. I, I did feel like he was way more confident last night than maybe like two weeks ago. I mean, he had a really good game that last game, but, um, he had multiple moments in that game last night where he was making the moves he makes, but he was super confident doing it and he was actually mm-hmm. finishing. Mm-hmm. So I was actually surprised to see that he shot that poorly overall. Yeah. I, I love that he tries to dunk everything now, which is very fun. I, I very much prefer it to trying to do little layups. <laughs> yeah, stay, stay away from the little layups space. But yeah, his counting stats, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to struggle through this pod, by the way. I've, uh, are your pipes frozen? My these pipes are frozen. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm not well, and oh, no. so this is going to be uh, a oh, struggle no. bus through all this. We have Bezos counting stats: fourteen, six, and six with a steal and a block. Like that's good, and no turnovers too. To get six assists, no turnovers. Yeah, I mean that's something. And maybe it was like the passing that I was noticing so much because there were a couple really, really nice passes. Um, he had yeah. one in particular, I think it was in the second quarter, maybe around the five minute mark where, um, he had a really nice bounce pass into the mm-hmm. lane and like dribbled the ball up, stopped at the top of the key and then had just a really nice bounce pass into the interior guy. So mm-hmm. I thought again, base is like the ultimate flash guy because every single yes. game there are two to three flashes where you're like, wow, like that is, he is showing so much skill right now mm-hmm. and we have yet to see him like put it all together over an extended stretch, but I'm still feeling good about Bayes. And I know some yeah. people are, are down on him getting worried about Bayes, but he's still so young. I mean, someone was oh, comparing yeah. him to Isaiah Roby. He's like two years younger than Isaiah Roby. So there's mm-hmm. so much more development um, to come. Yeah. No, I, he was great. Uh, another good game from Hamadou Diallo, who was 17, four boards, two assists, a steal, a block. He hit a big-time three down the stretch. And I, there were a couple turning points in the game. One was the the really awful backcourt violation call where Gary Trent knocked the ball out of Hami's hands. Hami went and got it, and they called the backcourt violation. And you can't review that one. It was just a straight-up bad call. And it was, I felt like a little bit of a turning point in the game because if the Thunder were able to score on that possession, perhaps they could have won the game, um, but they weren't able to. And then also, I would say Anthony Simons fouling out was actually a wonderful thing <laughs> for the Blazers because he was just getting trucked possession after possession by Hami. That's how Hami scored most of his points was that he just kept driving and driving and driving and just um, could score on him at will. And whenever he went out, uh, that also stopped. So yeah, and, there, and there were a all, couple turning points there. All 15 of Simon's points came in that first half. So it's like yeah. if he's not helping you on the offensive end, he's definitely not going to be helping you on the defensive end. 
And the thing that's bad. crazy for Portland right now is when Ennis Cantor is not in the game, which he played 33 minutes last night, but when he is not in the game, their tallest player is probably Carmelo Anthony. Like, they don't really have <laughs> right. any other center. And I think guys like Roby, some of those bench guys like Roby or Diallo, who was going to the rim at will, that was kind of when they were able to shine and bring this game back within reach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, credit to the Blazers. Their record right now would be good for like second in the East, <laughs> which is crazy because they have so many guys out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they battle. I mean, they're a little bit similar to the Thunder is that, you know, even when the Thunder came back and took the lead and it felt like, oh my goodness, the Thunder are going to win this game. Uh, they continued to battle. And so it was it was an interesting game in that way. And that the Thunder haven't seen a ton of teams, I feel like, that just battle from the first minute of the game to the last, unless Shea is in. I think when the when people see Shea, when other teams see Shea, there's just a different vibe. Because Shea Gilders Alexander brings a lot of respect to the Thunder. And and the, we sh- there shouldn't be disrespectful to these guys on the other side, even like Al Horford and Dort and, you know, Bays. But like when you're starting these guys that are either unknown or just known as like bench guys, I think that there's just a, a different level of play. And, you know, the Blazers it didn't really matter to them. Uh, they went super cold and they lost their lead, but then they battled back and got it. Yeah. And, and people are now rightly so bringing up Dame in the uh, way too early MVP conversation. Yeah. And uh, he would definitely be in my top five as of right now um, because what he's doing with this team, because we, we've seen this version of the Blazers where they just keep losing guys. I mean, this ha- feels like this happens every single year. And last year we saw when they lost their guys, they were barely able to get into the playoffs. And right. now we're seeing a version of the Blazers that not only doesn't have Nurk, but also doesn't have CJ, also doesn't have Zach Collins, doesn't have a bunch of other guys. Yeah. And they're home court in the West mm-hmm. right now. It's just, it's, it's wild. <laughs> and, and, it, well, and it deserves to be, you know, at least acknowledged, if not rewarded. Yeah. He should start the All-Star game. Yeah. Doncic oh, yeah. should come off the bench. I would definitely agree with it that. Should be, it should be Curry and Lillard. I would start. Uh, Alex, let's go to over to the stream real quick to see who has joined us. Christos from Greece, as always. Thanks for joining we have Mari from Bangladesh. We have Sam saying good morning. We have Bryce Little saying hello from the snow. Sam for, oh, Sam is from Phoenix. Thanks for joining, Sam. Hoi uh, from Hong Kong. Um, Parker from Denver. We have Miguel from the Philippines. Evan from uh, Portland as well. We got Daniel from the UK. Dina from snowy Tulsa. Ian from Muskogee. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining, everybody. So we are going to do a Reddit mailbag. We got a ton of questions from Reddit. We really appreciate everybody there that listens and all the, the kind words and the questions that you gave us. So we're going to try to get through as many of these as possible. Uh, we have a few more shout-outs. Uh, Tyler Rebert is waving. Miroslav from Germany. Uh, Sticky Wizard from Pittsburgh. We have Christopher in OKC and then Alex in the armpit of South Carolina. Thanks for joining, everybody. Uh, Let's start with a question from Thunder3029. And they ask, or they say, 
Thanks for putting out consistently amazing content. My question is, how hard did you laugh when Bill Simmons suggested trading SGA and Dort to help the tank? <laughs> I did listen to that pod. Uh, it was uh, Bill Simmons and KOC. And uh, first of all, KOC did select SGA onto his West All-Stars. And in that podcast, convinced Bill to do the same. It was very... He did. It, I haven't listened yet. It was very funny because Bill, like kept bringing up SGA as like a guy we shouldn't be talking about. Like, like every time he would talk about someone like Chris Paul, Mm -hmm. he was like, like you have to pick Chris Paul. Like, you know, there's these guys everyone's talking about like SGA or whatever. Like he would always say something like that. But then when KOC made his argument, Bill was like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll do SGA as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was like a stats based argument. I would guess. I guess. Well, the crazy thing about KOC's argument is that, basically his argument for SGA has to do with his defense, which I'll just be honest. I have not thought about Shea's defense this year at all. Like it just hasn't. And maybe it's because there's guys like Dort where you're noticing their defense every single night. Yeah. But I don't even know if I have a strong opinion on Shea's defense at this point. Like I know his advanced defensive numbers aren't great, but KOC's like big argument for taking him over guys like De'Aaron Fox or Devin Booker was that he's so much better defensively. Huh. What do you think about it? I mean, I've watched every minute of him this season. He's had some moments defensively, but I would not say that he's been locked down or anything like that. I mean, honestly, the Thunder defense has thrived (laughs) since the moment that he's been out. I mean, (laughs) I mean, that's, I mean, the Thunder defense is up to, I think 14th in the league. And that switch flipped when he went out. <laughs> so right. I don't really understand the uh, statistical argument. I'm glad he's. I'm glad that he's arguing for for our boy over there. Oh yeah, but, we'll, we'll take what we can get. Whatever. Yeah, but care. I just. <laughs> yeah, I mean statistically, there's not an argument defensively. Like cleaning the glass, he's um, he's in the third percentile. <laughs> on defense and points per possession. Mm. Uh, it's it's not good. Like that's not good. Um, so I don't know. I don't, but again, keep talking about our boy. Yeah. Hey, Hey, maybe he's some, he's seeing something that we're not. That's great. Hey, I, I've seen every minute. Yeah. I don't, I don't see everything. Um, I'm not, I'm not the end all be all, but I, I'm surprised that that would be the argument. He definitely has the defensive tools. Yeah. And shows and shows flashes, but consistent defense, um, hasn't quite been his calling card really since he was with the Clippers. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, So back to Bill Simmons. So he did briefly suggest or just throw out (laughs) should they trade Shea and that was quickly shot down. Um, But then he he brought up, well, what about trading Dort? And, you know, right now, if I'm thinking five years in advance, the two guys on the team that I would be most likely to say, oh, they're going to be a part of the next great Thunder team would be Shea and Dort, obviously. Um, but it did mm-hmm. get me to thinking, like, what is Dort worth at this point? Because yeah. he is a guy who you can basically slot into any playoff team. And he's on an amazing contract going forward. Like, I, I I wouldn't want to trade Dort, but I was just kind of interested in the thought experiment of what would a team trade for a player like that? And I think it would take at least one first round pick and like a decent first round pick. 
and probably two. Um, and he even brought up the Robert Covington trade as kind of like an example of yeah, like maybe he would be one of those guys where if they ever did trade him, it would come across the wire like, oh, they got two first for Dort and everyone would be kind of shocked. But like that's what you have to give up to get one of those three and D guys, which I guess Dort is a three and D guy now. Yeah, I mean, he's 3 and D plus, right? Right. And yeah. he's still extremely young. He is averaging 12 points, three boards, one and a half assists, 33% from three. His shots are starting to fall again. Uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, Dort certainly helps this team. Uh, but it's it's more so... It's not even, I mean, Dort helps with all of all of these things, but it's like more so like just the spirit of the team and the way they play that is keeping them um, in the mix in every single game because we've seen it. Like, Dort's been out, and, like, they still battle. Right. So it's not It's not necessarily that, like, you trade Shea and Dort and then, like, you suddenly become this, like, putrid team. Like, they they play too hard. Like, they play too, with too much spirit, and they, they're all pros, and so they're going to, as long as they can keep that up, like they're going to be in games, whether you trade Dort or not. And also Dort is the exact guy that every single other Thunder team was missing, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he is a evolved version of that great Cephalosha year. Except, I mean, Cephalosha is clearly a better shooter, but Dort's ability to do things with the ball. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't know that I agree with well, that. Well, at least for that one year. I mean, he shot over yeah, 40%. He, he did, but his volume was so low. True, true. His volume, I mean, he basically only took open corner threes, and that was it. And he took maybe one a game. Yeah. Maybe you're right, yeah. I mean, he clearly has the higher ceiling, because yeah. by that point, Cephalosha had reached his ceiling, and it was great yeah. for that team, but it was still limited. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see... Obviously, there's a price for all of these guys, if if Dallas called tomorrow and wanted to give Sam Presti Luka Doncic, like OKC would trade Shea, they would. Yeah, sh- yeah, they would trade Shea and Dort for Luka yeah. in a minute, like without yeah. even thinking. So there's yeah. a price for all of these guys, but yeah. just like trading them to support the tank, I don't think makes any sense. Yeah, and we were discussing this in our group text last night. I th- I think if the old lottery rules were in place, I wouldn't say that that's a ridiculous thing to do because you get a 25% chance if you have the very worst record. That's way more significant. Now it's 14. And also the second and third worst teams get that as well. So it's not the incentives to be the worst team just aren't there anymore. Yeah. They just don't exist anymore. Yeah, we were talking about how the hinky decision to trade Drew Holiday, which has kind of been lost to time. I mean, people remember it, but they don't, really realize like trading a 22 year old all-star on a rookie contract just does not mm-hmm. happen. And it's not mm-hmm. like he traded him for some amazing young player. Like he traded him for the pick that became Nerlens Noel and a future first. And we we're talking about how like Philly's commitment to true tanking was just yeah. like at another level, clearly. And yeah, And the the Thunder are not at that level because they are not trading away guys like Shea and Dort. And Mm -hmm. that difference in lottery odds is one of the reasons why. Because the incentive isn't as great. Even though being the worst team in the league, which maybe will be Minnesota or Detroit, 
they are going to be guaranteed a top five pick. Like that's what the new incentive is for being the worst team. You're, you cannot fall below that. And we've talked previously about how important being in that top five is. Yeah. Oh, it's extremely important without a doubt, especially in this draft. And we'll, we'll get to more of those questions here. Uh, let's try to fire through these a little faster. Brant94, which do you feel is the highest possibility to actually happen in the future? One, Shea wins the MVP. Mm. Two, Dort wins Depoy. Mm. Three, Mark Degenault wins Coach of the Year. Is it boring that I think the Mark Degnault might be the the number one? Oh yeah, very boring. I think it's Dort. Yeah, I mean he definitely has like the cachet around the league. I mean everyone now associates Dort with defense, he, and he's in the top five for voting on like whoever does like the NBA dot com. Well, oh the defensive, defensive player ladder. of the year, whatever yeah, ladder, yeah. He's in the top five already. He's in his second year on a crap team. Yeah. I mean, if they're if they're a top five defense in the next four years, and Dort is on this team, and he is still defending, you know, whoever the best player in the league is, LeBron, whoever, like he has been, then I would without a doubt say um that he would be in the running for it and could surely win it just because he plays defense loud, you know, just like Russ played everything loud. Like he plays defense loud. Like you notice him. He's just too good. So I, I firmly believe he has a shot just because like who else, who else has defensive highlights where you're just defending? It's not a block. It's not a steal. Like you're just defending somebody and it's turned into a highlight. I just don't think, I don't know of anybody else that does that. Yes, I agree. Sorry, Hank was barking. <laughs> you got Hank in the house. I was trying to mute myself. It's uh, okay. Yeah, I would say the only the only argument for Coach uh, Dignall is that we've already seen like this team is overachieved, and if you start putting better players in this system, we could ease. I could easily foresee kind of like that massive jump that we saw from the early days Thunder. Yeah. Where they went from yeah. a team that no one was really expecting to make the playoffs to all of a sudden like, oh, they're winning 50 games. And oh, yeah. if and when that happens, uh, Coach Mark is going to be at the front of the line. With No question. Huge, huge shouts to Coach Mark. Huge, huge fans over here. Shea winning an MVP would be nuts. That would be, and it's obviously it's not, I don't. I wouldn't say like, oh, there's no way he'd ever win the MVP. I'll, I won't say that just because we have seen guys make leaps. And he's, I mean, he's taken a leap in year three that I didn't see possible whenever he first got here. So, like, I don't know. I would say it's definitely the third in the possibility rankings. But I wouldn't say it's impossible. But I would be shocked. I would have also been shocked if we talked about Russell Westbrook in year three and say, hey, I think he's going to win the MVP someday. Like, yeah, you're nuts. <laughs> True. There's yeah. no way. Okay, but also that doesn't that also that doesn't qualify saying that like he's absolutely going to win. Look at look at the trajectory. All right, never mind. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, next question from DHR seven four six eight. Wolves are currently leading the tank standings. If you were the Wolves GM Gerson Rosas and you get the number two pick, would you pass on Evan Mobley because you already have a franchise center? I yeah yeah. Go ahead. You have your. Answer. I, I would say no. Um, and I, I really like Towns, but 
I think he could play with Evan Mobley. I, I think Evan Mobley is skilled enough and is good enough defensively where you you could actually make that work. I think it would be hard for them probably, though, to pass up like a Jalen Suggs or one of these other guards. Um, so maybe maybe they do say no to Mobley. But for right now, I would I would just take best player available, and I do think that's Evan Mobley. Yeah. I might take Kaminga. Oh, yeah. Kaminga. I didn't think about Kaminga. What, what is, he's, how does Kaminga project he, as a defender? Well, well, he's a three, he's a three, four. Okay. And he's, he can defend lots of different guys. I would, I would probably take him if I were them. If they are trying to build around the team that they have, I would probably take them, right. take Kaminga to put with those guys. Uh, I don't love their team construction at all. I think they might be better taking a guy like Jalen Suggs and maybe trading D'Angelo Russell and getting him out of there to get a new, like, better leadership in place there. Because I just, like, I don't know what they ever saw in building a team around him and Towns. His friendship. Uh, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I would, I would consider Kaminga or Suggs just for Kaminga for like versatility reasons and then Suggs for like leadership and like let's give let's give this franchise a facelift kind of thing yeah yeah they are a team that could really have used like a Halliburton um and I and I think Edwards I mean Edwards had 27 points last night against the Lakers like I still have high hopes for Edwards but Having sure. if they could have had two picks and gotten Halliburton too, that would have been amazing for them. Yep. And then for our swaps, who's more likely to turn around? Heat or Rockets? I think it has to be the Heat. The the yeah, Rockets. I agree. I'm I'm becoming more hopeful that this could turn badly. Uh, so much so that I bought Kevin Porter Jr.'s Top Shot moment because I started looking at the Houston roster. I was like, oh, why isn't this guy going to be playing on this <laughs> roster pretty soon? They, they've lost six in a row. They have. And when everyone's healthy and everyone's playing, you know, well, they are a good team. They are probably a playoff team, but they have yeah. so many guys on their roster who are injury concerns. Mm-hmm. And when a few of, especially when a few of the main guys are out, their roster just has like zero pop to it. Yeah. Um, and between Oladipo and Wall and Boogie, I, I just think those guys are going to be out enough games where it's going to be really hard to just build any type of consistency with their current roster. Whereas with Miami, everyone at this point is basically healthy. They're just in a weird funk, which they've been in, but at least Jimmy Butler's back. And I have, I mean, they're close enough to the playoffs where they're going to turn it around. I like, I would be shocked if the heat don't make the playoffs. I would as well. I would as well. Um, Will you answer the next question on your own? I've got to go um, shut my door and get something to drink. So okay. The next one is from Alex underscore a three Ness. If there were one past Thunder role player you could add to this team, who would it be? And why would it be Alex Abrinas? You know what? That would not be my answer. Um, though I, I did love Alex Abrinas. Would always love to see him again. The role player, if we're, if we're picking someone from a specific year, okay, we're picking them from a specific year and putting them on this team, my answer is rookie Sabonis. Because remember, he was not great. 
his rookie year. Remember, he did not take a free throw for months and months and months. Was not good. Terrible PER, you know, which is crazy for him looking at the stats he puts up now. But this type of team, imagine rookie Sabonis. Like, we would have seen those flashes because he would have been playing basically the Isaiah Roby role. And he is much better than Isaiah Roby. And we would have potentially seen, like, the true ceiling of Sabonis early on. And a core built around Shea and that rookie Sabonis and Dort. I think that would have been a lot of fun. So it's a little bit off the board because I'm, I'm technically choosing a player who did not play that well with the Thunder in that one season. But I think he'd be awesome on this team. Next question. Um, oh, I'll save this one for when Andrew's here about our, our most memorable experiences attending an OKC game. Um, this is from Niche Mode. Niche Mode. What should the Thunder do in, say, three to four years if we miss in the draft two or three years in a row, and the team continues to get around the 9 or 10 seed, worst spot in basketball, rebuild again or pull a Hawks and try to get into the playoffs? I would say, I mean, I guess this is possible, but, but I guess I'm, I'm so confident in Presti to not let it get to that point that I'm just hopeful it wouldn't ever get to that point. But, well, you know, it could happen. Like, we could get a super high pick this year, and maybe the guy we choose just doesn't pan out or, or he gets injured or something. And then maybe it happens a second year in a row where we get a guy who's just kind of like mediocre. Like maybe we get the top pick, but it turns out to be like an Andrew Wiggins type player. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just think mm-hmm. the thing we have going for us is that we have all of those excess picks. So the hope is that even if you miss out on a few of these individual picks, like go look at what Danny Ainge did the last five years. His pick record yeah. is not great, but it doesn't matter because he got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. None of those other picks matter. Gerson Gebusele, you know, like all these guys, <laughs> RJ Hunter, James Young. Somebody posted a list of like all of his picks outside of the top 10. And it yeah. is just, I mean, Terry Rozier That's is gross. the best player. Yeah, and he's gone. And he's gone. Um, he's having a good year, by the way. He is. Terry. So I would say I'm not worried about getting into that. That kind of mm-hmm. Atlanta spot. I would be floored if they ever did that. I think yeah. I think the Thunder look upon what the Hawks did in the offseason with just disgust. <laughs> well, especially now when it's like, what was the point of all that? This team know. isn't even good. I'll just say it. I call I called it. I called it in the offseason. I said this is not this is not good. You're rushing it. Nothing ever. I mean, when has a team ever rushed it and been like, oh, man, that was the exact right decision. Good job. Yeah, and the crazy... Rushing the process. The crazy thing is, like, Hawks fans are probably like, well, it's because DeAndre Hunter... And, like, imagine saying that, like, the reason this hasn't worked out is because DeAndre Hunter wasn't there. Like, we were not very high on him last year, and he had an amazing start to the season. But it's crazy that that was, like, the turning point for their season where now he's, you know, going to under-miscal tear or whatever. Right, but part of the reason for signing all those guys was that if any of them go out, you just have somebody to step right back up. True, and that's not happened. It hasn't happened. Andrew, what do you think about my? You didn't hear it. Past Thunder role player adding to this uh-huh. team. Uh-huh. I chose rookie Sabonis. Oh, he would definitely help them tank. Well, but I was thinking he takes he basically plays the Roby role, and we get to see yeah. what Sabonis' ceiling really was. He would be great. He would have been great on this particular team. Yeah. Uh, 
There's nobody to be afraid of. You know, he can just rebound and, and score on the block. And there's no one to be afraid of. Hey, Russ. Nobody. <laughs> uh, okay. Next question from Fly Swatter. First and foremost, you guys are the heart and soul to my Thunder family. Thank you. Andrew, we're, we're the Marcus Smart to their Thunder yes. family. Love question, that. what Thank is the you. most memorable experience both of you have attending an OKC game in person? Anything cool? I mean, I think the only game winner I got to see was actually a David West game winner. <laughs> I think they were playing the Wizards back when we were the Oklahoma City Hornets. Yeah. Um, so that was the only game winner I saw. I do remember being at a, uh, this was like Kevin Love era Timberwolves game where uh-huh. it went to overtime. And it was just one of the funnest games I've ever been at. But I don't even like remember the date or anything. In terms of like things happening at the game, I think Harden's first game back in OKC was the one yeah. that was most memorable because uh, we had made, yeah. I went with a few friends and we made a huge Justin Bieber head. Yep. We, we were trying to like, we were trying to really get on the screen. And so instead of doing something actually yeah. funny, we were just like, okay, let's just do the lamest, like middle of the road thing we can do. Let's get a Justin Bieber face and say, thunder are believers or something. And so we had this massive sign thinking like, okay, they have to put this on. It's so harmless. Like, please let us on. And we never got on. And we were in wow. the front row of Loud City. So we could hang it over yeah. the side. Everyone could oh, see it. I remember. It. I was at the game. I was, I can't remember who I went with, but I was at the game and I saw, I saw you guys. I think I called you while we were there. But that, that game was um, awesome because you had the, the beat ejection. Oh yeah. You had oh yeah. Harden getting blocked on it felt like every single play. <laughs> it was it was just a very fun game. It was. It was a very cathartic game for Thunder fans after what is what was clearly a bad trade even at the yeah. time. <laughs> now you you've probably been to a bunch of the good games. I was thinking you were at the the Jazz game 5 comeback game, right? So, yeah, so like as as a media member, some of the best that was one of the best games because you're sitting up there. I was up in Cloud City, way way up top, and you just have as much candy as you could possibly want. Someone's job was just to refill the candy after somebody got some candy, and so you're just up there eating any candy, all the candy you want, and the thunder just getting crushed, and. You watch them just make this spectacular comeback in the playoffs. It was that was incredible. Um, as a fan, I so I went to the game against the Timberwolves in 2017, I believe. Uh, and <coughs> excuse me, and uh, I met uh, Arvidas Sabonis at the game. Oh yeah, he was sitting like five rows ahead of me. So that was a, that was a great moment. Uh, and then early on, this is probably season one of the Thunder. I went with some buddies and I got on the Jumbotron, but it was so they were shooting the Jumbotron, but it was getting the kids behind me. And I knew it was them because they were so annoying. And so I knew if I stood up, it would just be my face <laughs> only on the Jumbotron. And I did it. And I just stood there and just stared into the Jumbotron screen. And it was only my face. <laughs> For a solid five or six seconds, they didn't like immediately just go from it. They kind of they they stayed with it. So, uh, as a fan, those were some of my 
some of my highlights. I also was at game five of the Clippers series. Oh, that was crazy. Uh, where they made that crazy comeback where Chris Paul just wet his pants and um, Russell Westbrook hit that hit those three free throws when Kevin couldn't watch. Luke and I were um, sitting in his parents' seats. And a ton of people had left the game. And we were hugging strangers, which right like today feels like insane to think that that would even ever happen but like we were hugging strangers behind us like it was an unbelievable ending to a game that was it probably it was definitely not a full arena because a ton of people left but we were it was louder than i've maybe ever heard it just because it was such an unbelievable ending and i think if there was a game because i was thinking one of the other cool things especially in those early days like i remember getting to go see iverson when he was on the Nuggets, yeah. and I got to see Kobe at some point. Um, but if there was one game from Thunder history that you could go back and attend that you did not attend, I mm-hmm. think I would choose that first playoffs, the game six against the Lakers. Yeah. Because everything I hear, I mean, and I and I believe this, that that was like one of the most like important moments in Thunder history because it just really mm-hmm. set the tone for everything that came after it. Um, with with mm-hmm. like the crowd doing the standing ovation at the end, a great game in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to see Kobe, uh, so I think that would be the game I would choose. Are there any other games that you can think of that you have definitely wanted to be a part of? Um, I think I would have liked to go to some of. I was I was at Game Six of the Warriors Western Conference Finals in 2016, <laughs> you, which was you want to take that away from your awful. memory. I would love to take that away <laughs> and have gone to. Um, like game three or four, I guess those were the ones that, Oh yeah. When we were on um, top of the world. Yeah. I would have loved to be a part of that. Cause I wasn't at those games. I would have loved to be at those games instead of, and then, and then stop watching basketball. Game six. Just go to that and then, game four. And then, and then never watch basketball ever again and just pretend they won the championship. And just when people ask me about the Thunder, I'd be like, I don't know, cool championship in 2016. And then when they try to explain it to me, I just run away. Um, okay. Next question. Oh, no. Bam, bam, dash, please. Hey, Andrew and friends. Love the content. Keep up the great work. I know you guys might cringe thinking about this, but what are your guys' dream scenario heading into the upcoming draft? And what would it take to come into fruition? Also, what is the doomsday scenario? How will you work around it? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Well, I think at this point, my dream scenario, because just of the chaos it would cause, is for the Thunder to continue winning games, they end up like at the ninth or 10th spot, clearly out of the playoffs. Like we're all down in the dumps at the end of the season. Like, oh, that was a fun 32-win season, whatever. And then they jump into the top four, which would break all of our brains. Like Chicago Bulls style, Derrick Rose style. Yeah, or or like Memphis Grizzlies style. Like that's how they got Ja Morant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, like, that would be great. all of this could happen. It's just lower odds, but yeah. that would be my dream scenario. Just because the excitement of jumping mm-hmm. up is much better in my mind than the stress of worrying about falling out. That is definitely one of the things where if they do end up with a bottom five record, they're not guaranteed a bottom five pick, right? And things could go very wrong. Can you imagine? It like, is. what if? They end up with like That's the fourth spot, and then they do like a Knicks or something and fall to the seventh. I would, I might just die. 
I don't just know. Like that would the be pod. cancel the pot. I would be so mad. That would be horrible. And it's it's certainly possible. Uh, shout out to Penny. Uh, hey, Bangelope. I uh, so Bangelope did this video the other day on Twitter where she passed by a house. Do you have you seen uh-huh. this? And it was just snow. So my my wife was on Facebook and she showed me this photo of her friend that is shooting a lifetime movie in Tulsa and it was that house. Oh, so the reason snow? it had snow, it was fake snow and they're shooting a lifetime movie. Whoa. And that is the house that they are filming. And I was like, that, 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 that's wow. a house that, that, uh, that Bangelo posted. So oh, I don't know if you're still gosh. listening, Bangelo, but <laughs> the mystery has been solved inadvertently. Hollywood continues to lie to us. <laughs> that's right. So just to let you know, don't even know if she's still listening, but you'll listen to it on the pod later. Uh, we have answered, we have an, an answered prayer there on that house. Um, Bouchon nine, the Jazz get Kenny Hustle. OKC gets George, gorgeous Georges Nyang. Uh, Utah twenty twenty five, a lottery protected first thoughts. Uh, that is a steep price in my mind. For Kenny Hustle, as much <laughs> for all the good things I've said about him, I can't imagine a team giving a first for him at this point. He he is like yeah. classic second round pick guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I um I do it in a heartbeat, but um they kind of like Niang. He's kind of had some. He's kind of had some little moments here and there, and he's a good guy as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, Wolf Slayer, 6-2-5. There are 34 players averaging at least 20 points per game. The NBA record is 27. Do you think that their record will be broken this year? And why are there so many players scoring in high figures this year? Threes. It's threes. Somebody put up a great stat about the number of threes uh, throughout LeBron James's career. Like taking mm-hmm. on his, I think it was either taking on his teams or just in the league in general. But it's just skyrocketing. And as long as there are more threes being taken, there's going to be more guys scoring 20 points a night. And besides that, I mean, changes in the rules have obviously led to an offensive explosion. Um, yeah. Changes in the way offenses are run has led to an offensive explosion. I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. I would only expect that number to go up until they make some type of rule change. I don't even know what that mm-hmm. rule change would be. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, you could get rid of and, the corner three. You could just kind of edge off the three-point line. <laughs> and then just no one would ever play in the corner. But the guy, Yeah, that's true. It would kill spacing. It would kill spacing for the guys that are scoring 20 a game. I would also say the talent in the league is at a high level. So I I think the NBA is getting better and better every year. Uh, and the influx of talent is going to just continue. So, wow, NBA to the moon, says Andrew. Yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's been I think it's been very good. Get in now. Yeah. Yeah. Man, speaking of uh get in now to the moon, Zion last night. Was watching a highlight package of they were running pick and rolls with JJ Redick. That was like their go-to mm-hmm. play last night. And so within the last couple of weeks, Stan Van Gundy has started to put the ball in Zion's hands more, where he has the ball like at the three-point line, then he can do whatever he wants. And it is a wild experience. Like <laughs> I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. He, he is so yeah. quick and big. Like he he got to the rim every single time, which I've seen that you know, him in the paint, but watching him do it just on drives over and over again was so crazy looking. What percentage of it is quickness and what percentage of it is the defender is a little bit terrified? Probably both because it's not like you're not worried about sh- him shooting really. So like you could sag off. No. Like, no you yeah, could of course back you up as far as you want. You're still not going to be able to yeah. stop him. You could, yeah, you could die. That could be the first NBA murder. Was just Zion to the rim. Um, okay, next question. Thank you guys. Martian 14. Martian underscore 14. Thank you guys for the great content. With Dre signing a deal with the Nets, they now have five former Thunder players. What other former or current Thunder players can the Nets realistically acquire that would help mm. them? So it'd probably have to be kind of like a end of the bench guy because I don't think they can trade for any significant contracts really. I mean, they could trade like no. Dinwiddie if they really wanted to, but who who would be a good end of the bench on the roster? A former Thunder player. Uh, Is there anybody that sticks out to you that they could also acquire? I mean, so they got Dre. And he's on like an equivalent did, of a 10-day? Um, I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know that. Oh, okay. I don't know. 
I thought they just signed him, but he didn't play last night. He was cleared to play, didn't play. Um, Miguel Devella says Dion Waiters. <laughs> yeah, Dion Waiters. That would be great. He's available. I mean, uh, Alex Gatch says New Orleans Noel. Yeah. New Orleans Noel would help them. Like, I was just going to say, he, he, was, would, he was the name I was thinking of. Yeah, he would actually really help them. Maybe if the Clippers wave Patrick Patterson. Yeah. He would be a guy that they would possibly hey, pick up. Hey, what about bringing, like, back, uh, bringing back Felton? What's he doing? Ray Ray. I heard he was in Edmond. Oh, really? Recently. Oh, yeah. don't Edmond my Norman. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Next question. Cough underscore syrup 55. Do you think Sam Presti will be the one to hashtag free Mo Bamba? What oh, would please. you be willing to give up in a Mo Bamba freeing deal? Andrew, I feel like we were we were on this story early. This non-story that has been made up. <laughs> a long time. We were weeks the, ago. The yeah. second that we brought it up, I just started reading all these articles about Mo Bamba. Everyone's talking about Bamba. Hey, everybody wants Bamba. Everyone's a piece of Bamba. Uh, do we already have our Bamba with with um, Moses Brown? Oh man, do you have uh, his per thirty six numbers in the G League? Because they are uh, they are absurd. It's like twenty and twenty. Yeah, he had a twenty and twenty game yesterday. He's he's doing very well in the G League bubble. He does have crazy measurables. I mean, he's seven two, like seven five wingspan, uh, really high butt. You know. Oh, very high. Yeah, very high. He's. Uh, He's he's becoming more interesting. He's just destroying the G League. It'd be, okay, <laughs> here's his per 36. It, and he's playing a lot of minutes in the G League. So yeah, it's not yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. 28.7 points per game, 21 rebounds per game, 8.8 offensive, 4.4 blocks per game. <laughs> he's crushing it. Uh, I they They could use a guy like him that's tall and has long arms. Uh, every time he's played in the NBA game, I've seen him just make wild mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but maybe he just needs a little development. And I don't know. Maybe he's our maybe he's our time lord where we talk about him being good and we talk about his flashes, but he's never really good, you know, kind of scenario. Yeah, we've had a lot of those. Okay, this question I'm actually very interested to see where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Simon Eat Dog. Let's say the Thunderland outside of the top five and the projected five are all taken. That's those. That's Suggs, Cade, Kaminga, Jalen Green, Mobley. Mm-hmm. Who would you like to see the Thunder take after those guys? Yeah. If if I'm being honest, those are the guys that I've really watched the most of, and I don't. I don't have a super educated um, opinion on a lot of these guys, like. I think Scotty Barnes would be a guy that would be kind of interesting because he's kind of a do-it-all type of player. Um, Jalen Johnson out of Duke is obviously making headlines these days. Um, Moses Moody from Arkansas, I think, is interesting. What about – and you know how much I just overvalue youth. Why not take the youngest guy possible, Jaden Springer from Tennessee, Uh 6'5", 204 pound shooting guard mm-hmm. known for his defense, uh, offensive game developing kind of a combo. And guy. he's super young. Yeah. He's very, very young. What if we try to draft a 16 year old 
Is that allowed? Exciting. Has anyone? Has it? Maybe no one's tried it. I don't think anybody's tried. I don't think anybody's trying. That's the problem. No one tries. Yeah. What? We can just no. get Amoni Bates this year. <laughs> yeah. Can we just try? And we'll that? take Chet at the end of the first. <laughs> Boom. Done. Uh, yeah. If they land in like the six, seven, eight range, I'd be all for trying to get somebody that's just somebody that goes and gets buckets. Like Scotty Barnes obviously doesn't fit that. Um, but I, honestly, I haven't watched enough. Um, to be able to say like yeah we should take so and so we we will but i've watched i've watched a ton of Cade and evan mobley and suggs and i've tried to watch as much g league stuff as i can with kaminga and green so i think that those are the clear the clear top five guys like you can watch all of them and maybe with the exception of green because he's shown some flashes certainly uh but those top four are like oh okay like this would be the reason why I would be very upset if we were pick eight, you know, because it's right. It's not like last year's draft where it's like, yeah, I don't know, like uh, Lamelo Ball could be great, but he could also be a bust. We have no idea. We have no clue. I think you watch those four and be like, okay, yeah, we know, we know those guys are good. And if they pan out in the league, I'm not for sure because I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have been good at the college level that have not panned out in the NBA. But at least you can say, like, yes, this is a high-level prospect. Whereas in last year's draft, there was, I think Lamelo might have been the one, and that was really it. Yeah. But there's four of them this year, and so like, get, at least give yourself a chance to get a high-level prospect. Uh, but yeah, I I don't have a a good enough answer yet on that. So sorry about. And that. the other guy who I like in that like nine to. 12 range is Zaire Williams from Stanford who has a long way to go in a lot of aspects of his game, but just the way he looks and his shot is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he would slot in perfectly like at the three for the thunder. Um, Okay. Definitely. Andrew, we talked about per 36 for Moses Brown, Tulsa underscore Mm -hmm. Timmy brings up the next logical question. How concerned should we be with Poku's G league performance so far? Has it? This was part of my. Hasn't fear. been great. Part of my fear. No, it's part of my fear. Was sending him down to the G League. Is it? Yeah, he gets more minutes. He gets more run. But I think it's just clear that he's just not ready this year. He's just not ready. I mean, and that's okay. It doesn't mean he'll never be ready. Uh, so, like, my concern level is is low with him. I think the amount, and these excuses can last for a little while. They won't last forever, but. He's in a brand new country, has had to be relocated twice in this pandemic year. And he doesn't know the league. He doesn't know any of these players. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if he has friends or people that he's... I don't know if he brought anybody over with him. I need to figure that out. Because uh, like a lot of these international players will bring friends or family over with them to live with. Yeah. Uh, so they can have somebody to hang with. I don't know if that's a thing. And I certainly don't know if it's a thing in the G League bubble. For we were him. trying to get L Man so th- to be his friend. We're still working on yeah. that. We're still working on that. Um, hey, but yeah, I would, I would be. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna just kind of give him a break for a while, if that makes Glass sense. Last half full, he's playing just as well in the G League as he played in the NBA. I mean, that's something. So next question. Let's see. 
A Stern 35, 45, 35. How much of the fan base's frustration with the inability to tank well has to do with the fact that the top prize figures to be a local product, Cade Cunningham, who would theoretically mm-hmm. be more likely to spend his career in OKC? Definitely something to think about. I mean, that type of player just does not come along very often. I mean, we no. can name on our on one hand the like top prospects from Oklahoma over the last couple decades. And to have a guy like that who also seems to fit so well with the modern game and has all the intangible qualities you would ever look for in a player. Yes, I could I, I could see that influencing fans' perceptions right now. Yeah. We're not chasing a LaMelo ball, like a guy who's playing overseas that we have no idea what he's like. We're not chasing even like an Andrew Wiggins um, or, or a Joel Embiid who maybe there's some injury concerns. Like Cade has very few faults and he is uniquely situated um, for Oklahoma Thunder fans. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, Andrew from TJ Beasy. Why haven't we seen the mute button used as much since y'all joined the athletic? Is Andrew getting soft? <laughs> you haven't been muting Taylor as much. Well, part of it is we have done so many shows over Zoom and over StreamYard and everything else that we're using that it's it's not as easy to mute. Um, I have muted him, I think, once recently. But uh, I don't. Maybe I am soft. Maybe I've gotten soft. Maybe maybe that's maybe that is the case. I need to maybe do some uh, internal examining to uh, figure out if I've if I've gotten soft. So I'll do some some meditating later, figure it out, and then maybe we'll just mute Taylor for the whole episode on Friday. <laughs> wow, that's promising a lot. People are going to get really excited about that. <laughs> um, Sticky Wizard zero zero in the chat. Also on Reddit, what's your favorite non-basketball related subreddit? Um, I s- I'll, I'll leave this to you because I don't I'm I'm on. So I really I use the Thunder Reddit to make sure that I didn't miss something. You know, like I'm on Twitter and I you know get other I have other ways that I get information. But like I always go and check the Thunder subreddit to make sure like, hey, did I miss something or like what are what are the things that Thunder fans are loving? Because Twitter is not always a good snapshot of that. And uh, so I, I appreciate the Thunder Reddit page very much. Um, yeah, I actually don't spend a ton of time on Reddit anymore. And the subreddits that I do go to, like that I'm subscribed to, are so boring. Like it's just all the ones you would think I'd be going to. Um, it's basically like board games, uh, <laughs> NBA, and... I think like, uh, well, I can't even think of the ones that I go to. Oh, cooking, uh, hip hop heads, Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch deals, P- Ooh, PS4, deals. PS4 deals, PS5. <laughs> uh, but And the reason I don't subscribe to any cool subreddits is because Reddit is so addictive for me. Like anytime when I accidentally get logged out and it sends me to the front page, like I could, mm-hmm. I could scroll that for hours. And of those subreddits, like the ones that make it to the front page that are good, I think my favorite one is uh, Nature is Metal, which is like all of the scenes that would never be shown in planet Earth because they're too graphic. 
just like oh just like real life what it's like for these animals out there <laughs> just just you know fight for survival killing each other do they play metal or over the uh, no they don't but like oh, there okay. was, that, that would have been like very very alex then there was one did. i watched yesterday of uh it was like five lions were eating this wildebeest or whatever and then they, all of a yeah. sudden the lions start fighting they start getting angry with each other and they're like going at it. And meanwhile, the wildebeest just like slowly gets up and just wanders off. <laughs> um, so I like that one. There's the one I found that uh, Russ video on is also very cool, which where they basically find videos where somebody is dancing or moving to a beat and they sync it with a song uh-huh. that has a similar beats per minute. Yeah. yeah. Those are also very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the video is so funny. Okay, some quick ones, Andrew. DTTTFU, is Al Baby Cake still getting random stuff in the mail from Korea or wherever? No, I am not. No longer. Oh, no! So, so, Pat, Pat, why does the East suck? Great question. I think, are there two teams? No, there, there are now four teams because Bro. Boston won. Four teams above 500 in the East. Embarrassing. That is, that is insane. That is awful and a lot of it is the east has been so bad historically because there's a lot of bad ownership in the east but this year like the heat being 11 and 16 is weird um toronto not being as good is weird Uh, obviously the knicks have been bad for forever the pacers are only 500 it is it is a strange strange world i mean that's that's also a problem like the like the Hawks, Heat, Bulls, Magic, Wizards, all projected to be better, you know, than they are today, which is also not helping the Thunder's uh, season, you know, with with getting a top player. So it's a uh, it, the East just keeps being the East. It's ridiculous. Um, Andrew, I want you to uh, commit to something right now. This is from Crafty Evening Six Three Two Nine. Do you think the Jazz can be a legit contender in the West this year, or are they Mm -hmm. the 2015 Atlanta Hawks? If so, do you think the Thunder's path to the title should mirror what Utah has built? So, first of all, do you think Utah is a legit contender? I would Mm -hmm. say if they can Um, get the number one seed, it certainly makes it much more plausible for them to... Because, like, contender, what does that mean? Like, could they make the Western Conference Finals? Like, yes. Sure. Sure they could. Can they beat the Lakers if the Lakers are healthy? No. Yeah, I feel no. the same way right Absolutely now. Not. And honestly, Absolutely not. even though I, I would totally understand why people would agree with this, disagree with this, but um, a, I would still take a healthy Clippers team over the Jazz as well. But again, if they're the sure. first seed, they're only going to have to play one of those teams and anything can happen. Yeah. So in that sense, mm-hmm. if they maintain that number one seed, yes, I do think they are a contender. Yeah. Let's talk about trying to mirror what they did as far as team building goes. So they're a because, fascinating team because they basically blew all of their top lottery picks. Yeah. All of them. They did. did. Yeah. And they yep. nailed all of these random picks that, by the way, they got in a trade. So it wasn't even like their uh, like draft day trades. You know, Donovan Mitchell was a draft day trade with Denver. Rudy Gobert was a draft day trade with Denver again. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. So I don't know necessarily how you replicate, like nailing your late round picks and getting all stars. That's very hard to do. 
Yeah, Joe Ingles was a training camp signing. Right. You know, I mean, it's you can't replicate. Like, like what? What is like, that hey, motto? Here's the blue. Here's the blueprint. Here, yeah. we just get super freaking lucky at the end of the first round. We get super freaking lucky in the middle of the first round, and then we get super freaking lucky by signing this guy from Australia that the Clippers cut. And imagine, like, if they had nailed one of those early picks that they had had, like they would be a dramatically yeah. better team. Yeah, you don't take Dante Exum. You know? Yeah, and so. I don't know what that model is. Like, yeah, grab the all-star at the end of the first round. I agree. Do it. <laughs> do do, do it. that. If you could do that, and maybe Dort, maybe Dort's our Joe Ingles. Sure. Okay. okay. So we're, okay. Let's start naming them off. And Donovan Mitchell was at 12, and I think Shea's at 11. So we're there. There's our Donovan and Mitchell. We, and we talked about this. Like, we we legitimately believe that Shea is not far from a Donovan Mitchell level player. Right. So we're, actually, we're almost there. So maybe maybe they're right. And we already have our Gobert and Moses Brown. We do. I was going to say we've got we've got Moses. Have we done it already? Is the question that I would say. We are back. the Jazz. Did we already do it? Wow. Are we already the Jazz? That was fast. That was we just we they built this team in the last thirty. Yeah, seconds. some of their like top five picks. You know, they took Ennis Cantor. Um, they took Derek they Favors. You know, they, these are like those are like good players, but. Obviously not what you want in the top five. Um, Dante mm-hmm. Exum was the big one. Um, but yeah, basically anything they've taken outside of the lottery has been really nice for them. Yeah. Well, it's time Jordan Clarkson. Yep. That Or they traded for him. That was a good That was a good move. He's been fantastic this year. They signed Bogdanovich as a free agent. So they've done, yeah, they've done a good job. Are they a title contender? No. Are they a winner? Yes. Would you say, so Sam Presti has set the bar at extraordinary success. That's what he's aiming for. I would say that if you, and the Jazz have been great. They won tons of games this year. It's wonderful. I would say that that the Jazz still aren't on track to have extraordinary success. So we just have to remember the bar that Sam has set for this franchise is extraordinary success. And if you are setting the bar at, let's try to replicate what Utah did, I would say that you're not thinking the way that the franchise is thinking. Yeah, and, you know, they did have extraordinary success. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> it's staying in. Stay in the pot. had extraordinary success. Success when they had Stockton and Malone. So it's not like they did they though they didn't win the title. I know, but come on. Like if the Thunder had that type of a run, if we got the type of I mean basically we had that type of do you do you, We did. The Thunder did. I would just argue that they perhaps did not have extraordinary so success. So you don't think the Thunder had extraordinary then. success in our first decade? I think th- I think that they didn't have the luck. No, I think they had an extraordinarily talented team. I don't know that they had extraordinary success. I, if if the Thunder sense. make two finals ever again, yeah, 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 that's yeah. extraordinary I'm not, success. I'm saying, I'm saying that, I'm saying that if to meet that, they would have had to have the luck match up with the extraordinary talent that they had. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> that's all I'm saying. That they. I obviously I don't know that they will get a roster that was as talented as the one before, but I'm saying that they're aiming for it and they're aiming for hopefully better luck along the way because there's a lot of bad injury luck along the way with that squad. Yeah, that's all. That's all I'm saying. 
Uh, is there any anything else? Any rapid fire ones that we just want to go through and answer with one Andrew. sentence? Oh, oh, from oh, 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 Sam, uh, bruh. Should we absorb Blake Griffin's contract <laughs> into the TPE from the Adams trade for more assets? Uh, the TPE is not big All enough. Right, there's your answer to that. Um, I think that's it. The rest of them are kind of long. Okay. Which I appreciate you for well, writing. I read. I read all of them. Yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, we appreciate all you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, commenting on our post on Reddit. We'll do this again. Uh, this was great. You guys are the best. We have great listeners who are also on Reddit. So thank you guys for that. We hope that you guys have just a wonderful day. Make sure that you follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Go to shopgoodokc.com slash DTD and get our new merchandise. You can get the Thunder logo tee, which we haven't had a logo tee in a long time, and they look very good. We have the logo hoodie that is cotton candy colored. And we have our Too Good to Tank shirt, which is a wonderful design. Thank you to the good people at Shop Good. They're wonderful, wonderful people. And... Uh, also, be on the lookout. There's some big, big news dropping soon. Some big time, big fat news dropping uh, very soon about us. And so I just just look out for it because it's going to be big. It's going to be just a giant bomb drop. So look out for that. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope that you all have extraordinary success today <laughs> <laughs> or extraordinary sex, like <laughs> Alex said. Either, either one would be good. Uh, have a good one, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.